This episode of the Weekly Standard Podcast is sponsored by The Great Courses. The Great Courses brings the world's greatest professors to your fingertips with more than 500 audio and video series on science, history, philosophy, fine arts, better living, and more. The Great Courses are available on digital download and streaming at thegreatcourses.com or on DVD and CD or via The Great Courses apps. Best of all, you can listen to or watch The Great Courses at your own pace without the pressure of homework or exams. And now, for a limited time only, The Great Courses is giving our listeners an offer of up to 80% off the original price of selected courses, including writing creative nonfiction. For this limited time, 80% off offer, go to thegreatcourses.com slash WS. That's thegreatcourses.com slash WS. Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. With us from the Weekly Standard is Lee Smith, who always joins us to discuss international issues, particularly in the Middle East. And Lee, we have yet another one of those moments where the White House says one thing, we're winning against ISIS. And the Iranians say another, you people aren't doing anything about ISIS. And I have to yet again, Lee, think that the Iranians are telling me more truth than my president. The Iranians are kind of telling the truth. um, Because as I think we've discussed before, the way I see it is that ISIS, um, when we talk about ISIS, what we really mean is we really mean that ISIS is the um, especially brutal and violent Tip of the sphere, tip of the spear of a region-wide Sunni rebellion against the Iranian uh, security apparatus, Street, uh, stretching from Beirut to Baghdad, and that now includes large parts of Yemen as well, especially the capital Sanaa. The Sunnis feel that they're under the heel of the Iranians and under their Shia neighbors, and so this is why. It's not just ISIS. It's not just foreign fighters from Tunisia and Jordan and Saudi Arabia and Chechnya. Why it also includes Arab tribes and why it includes uh, includes elements of Saddam's regime, former regime elements. So it's a very big deal. It's not just ISIS. The administration, whether the administration understands this or not, um, or whether they understand it uh, internally and internal discussions, it's certainly not behaving it's certainly not plotting policy as though it understands this. When it tells Abadi to be more inclusive, this isn't going to cut it at this point. When we see General Qasem Soleimani on the ground leading the charge to retake the Crete, we understand that the administration is not getting its message through to the Prime Minister of Iraq. And the reason you mentioned that specific general is because? Well, Qasem Soleimani is the head of... Uh, uh, Iran's Expeditionary Force, their External Operations Unit, uh, IRGC Quds Force. And Soleimani was the Iranian official, as you mentioned before, who said that uh, no one is doing enough against ISIS aside from Iran. The U.S. isn't doing enough. And the reason that I said it's a little, it's peculiar that Soleimani would say this, because Soleimani is precisely the reason that there is a region-wide Sunni rebellion. It's Soleimani's operations in Syria, it's Soleimani's operations in Lebanon, it's Soleimani's operations in Iraq that have given rise to a Sunni rebellion. So the fact that he's saying Iran is the only actor that's doing something about it, it's a little perverse. I mean, Iran (laughs) is not not out of the ordinary for Iran to play both arsonist and then pretend to play fireman. Exactly. That's that's what's going on here. And here's what I found interesting as uh, as a civilian who's just kind of watching this through the media, which is when 
the Iranian general threw down on the president and asked, well, where are your bases? I thought that was, that's a profound question. In other words, if you're worried about this, why aren't you on the ground fighting it? And then he followed that up by saying that uh, the United States hadn't done a damn thing about the ISIS problem. Right. The response in the White House, Lee, is, well, we're training the Iraqis. And there's this debate about what sort of military force the government of Iraq has. We saw them flee uh, uh, from Ramadi. Some people saying they fled because they were you know, not willing to fight, lost the will to fight. That's uh, Ash Carter. Others saying, no, the ISIS has gotten some, you know, they've got, developed some very effective, sophisticated tactics for fighting, sending in massive truck bombs, having pre-planted you know, right. essentially agents inside who could then start shooting at the backs of the Iraqi soldiers when the uh, when the main force came in, what, you talk to people that part of the world. How do they view the Iraqi military, and is this a failure of courage or simply ISIS being smart fighters? No, I, I don't think this is. I mean, look, it may be a failure of courage. I, I, I you know, I'm not a uh, a military expert, so I can't remark on that. But what I will say is simply this: that Ramadi is a a Sunni region. I think. Let me start with this. Iran has a very different project for Iraq than uh, Iraqis, including Iraqi Shia. If Iraqi Shia are intent on ruling um, most of the country, they also may perhaps realize that it's difficult to do. If I were an Iraqi Shia uh, and I were serving in the military, I'd say, why are we fighting in Ramadi? Why do we want to hold Ramadi? We can't hold it. It's a Sunni region. Why are we sticking our necks out here for them simply to be cut off by the Sunnis? Let's let them have it. It's their region. Let's let them have it. What are we fighting for here? To protect Sunnis from ISIS? How many of these people are actually ISIS? What are we doing? So when the Iranians are complaining about it, one of the things that the Iranians want is they want perpetual turmoil in Iraq, whether it's in Sunni regions or Shia regions. They want turmoil so Iraq and neighbor will never cause trouble for Iran as they have in the past during the decade-long war in the 80s. So Iran wants a very unstable Iraq, but it's not the same thing that Iraqis want. Even if a lot of these Iraqis are troublesome characters, particularly the, government, the central government in Baghdad, they want very different things. So that's how I would look at their decision to, uh, their decision to flee the fight instead of go in and fight for it. What are they going to get out of it? Right. Why not just turn around and say, we have our region, we have Baghdad, we have Basra, why do we need Ramadi? Why do we need these different Sunni regions, and what are we fighting for? And that brings up a suggestion that I've heard from several military analysts that the uh, U.S. is making a mistake by trying to arm and train the official Iraqi army, that we should go back to kind of a form of the surge strategy, which is go straight to the Sunni tribesmen and arm them to fight ISIS, because they have the, the ones who don't support the ISIS approach uh, would have the uh, you know the desire and willingness to fight and also arm the Kurds directly as well. Would that make sense in this kind of Iranian chessboard well, I, that we're on? Yeah, I, I believe as my colleague um, uh, Michael Pregent, both a military officer and intelligence officer, who served who served in Iraq, and and Mike is a fantastic analyst of events in Iraq right now. One of the points he would make is uh, it's very hard to get this done if there are not enough U.S. troops on the ground. It's not just a matter of turning around. It's not just a matter of turning around the Sunni tribes and recreating the Sunni awakening, the sons of Iraq. There have to be U.S. forces on the ground to make sure that happens. The other thing is the Sunnis at this point do not trust the United States. This is an enormous issue. You can't just go, yeah, we're going to give you money and arms and 
here, go ahead and fight ISIS and do whatever else you want to do. They don't trust the United States. It's not just about the 2011 withdrawal. It's about everyone in the region sees that the United States has partnered with Iran. You're not going to get Sunnis to fight ISIS um, by showing them that your sympathies, you're allied with the Islamic Republic of Iran. It's just not going to happen. Right. This is what I mean. It's a phony campaign. It's a phony war. If the administration does not understand what the fundamental problem is, and that is the Iranian security apparatus around the region, and that the United States has partnered with Iran, this ISIS campaign is never going to end. And let me wrap or up not, with certainly a... Not, or certainly not the way the administration sees it. Right. And so let's wrap up with then that question about how the administration sees Iran and this, you know, the, this... Uh, uh, Die hard decision. We are going to cut a deal with Iran somehow. We're going to put our chips on their end of the table that they're going to be the major player and they'll somehow, you know, help us right. out. And uh, uh, our, our colleague, Bill Crystal, tweeted out a, a, a piece from an Atlantic uh, interview with the president where he right. was asked about how can you deal with the Iranian regime when you acknowledge that their anti Semitism is inherently irrational? If they have this crazed, you know, uh, you know, be a non-rational fundamental you know, pillar to their worldview, what makes you think right. they're going to suddenly put down the crazy and pick up the reasonable? And he said that he thought that they would make, what was it, uh, uh, rational, self-interested, right. you know, math, essentially. I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing slightly. Right. Is, number one, is that the view of the White House that you hear from White House defenders? And number two, is it a view that makes sense? Well, we certainly see that the White House believes this, or else it wouldn't be partnering uh, with the Iranians, that the anti-Semitism is just not that big a deal. It's unpleasant. It's distasteful. It's certainly uh, un-American. Uh, it's not enlightened. But, yeah, fundamentally, we can still make a deal with the Iranians because they have their rational interests at stake. And even though, what, what was the president's line about, yes, at a very at the very uh, low end, anti-Semitism costs them nothing, but when it gets... When it's costlier, for instance, when it means the existence of the regime, then there are other factors that come into play. I mean, you know, I think the, I think the president is trying to tie himself or is effectively tying himself in knots with this. I mean, they're patently irrational. As we know, there is one, the um, anti-Semitism is the form that unreason takes in modern politics. Mm -hmm. There can be no question about this. We've seen this throughout the 20th century up to the present. That is the form that unreason takes in modern politics, anti-Semitism. So, no, I think the president is very wrong on this count. And I think the idea that, um, you know, the idea that somehow they will prove to be a useful partner in spite of their anti-Semitism, I think that we, we can look uh, alongside their ideology and what they say. How have they been useful in the region? What have they done? They've pulled the United States into conflict with the Sunnis right now. This is a terrible thing. Again, it's not just ISIS. We have a region-wide Sunni rebellion, and that's what Iran has drawn us into. So far from the Iranians being able to stabilize the region and help advance U.S. interests, the Iranians have pushed us up against the rest of the region. It's, it's extremely bad. So you have both the president ignoring the ideology, which includes anti-Semitism. It's at the very core of it. And then there's actual facts on the ground, right. which cannot be ignored. And Lee Smith, we never ignore your in insights and uh, observations. Thanks so much for sharing with us, them on this uh, podcast. 
Thanks for having me, Michael. You've been listening to the Weekly Standard Podcast. Please be sure to check weeklystandard.com regularly for podcast updates. I'm your host, Michael Graham.